This is Pop Fiction Women. I'm Corinne. I'm Kate. And we're complicated. Blunt. Total boss. But sometimes a mess. Opinionated. But never boring. And in this podcast, we're discussing the complicated women of the best books, TV, and movies. Along with the complicated women behind the scenes. Warning, lots of spoilers ahead. So come back when you're done. Hurry up, it's starting. So, Corinne, we have a very special episode today. I'm actually so excited in honor of our two-year anniversary. We are having the most complicated conversation of all time. We're interviewing each other. Exactly. So we're calling it Complicated Conversations. Corinne and Kate take the mic. Whew, so that's right. Yeah. We are each taking the mic and we're asking the other one questions. We're going to talk about our origin story as friends, how this podcast came to be, highlights from our favorite episodes. But we're also, we're going to go there. We're going to get a little personal, probably play a little armchair psychologist on ourselves <laughs> and each other. Oh, so different from every other day exactly. of our lives. Exactly. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so how's this going to work? We, we're, we're, you've got us thinking of this as like a regular episode. Yes, exactly. The format is going to be like a mock Pop Fiction Women episode. We're going to start with scenes in the story of our star-crossed friendship. We're going to investigate our damage. We're going to talk about what we said. Mm. We're going to look into our crystal ball, and we're going to have some takeaways. So I love it. It'll follow the normal structure of one of our episodes, but it will be a, a little bit different. The content today is is the podcast and, and the people behind it. Yes. Oh, boy. This is going to be fun. So yeah. I know. I'm like, you know, by the end, you know, you're either going to love us or hate us. But what's the point of anything in between, right? This is just how we are. <laughs> you know, but either way, you're definitely going to know more about us. And, you know, some of this comes out on our regular episodes here and there, but we thought... For the anniversary, let's 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 interview each other. Let's it get it all there. out there. Yes. Yes. So scenes. So, yeah, I I have. Let me tell you, Kate. I have painted quite some scenes <gasps> for our star-crossed friendship. Oh, I love this. So I know. So for years. Oh, by the way, also we have not discussed any of this ahead of time, other than what then we the were structure. just generally going to yep. talk about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. There's going to be quite a few surprises for each of us, oh, I think. No. In, right? In the answers. Yes. No, the answers oh, yes. are, will, will, are unknown to each other. Yes. So, even though you think we might know these things, we might not. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. So, for years, Kate and I played sports on at one another's high schools, not but not the same sport. So, it's like this, this theme of meet and miss mm-hmm. or have the opportunity and then it, have it not really come together is just a theme for us. Then, so for four years minimum of being at each other's high schools and we went to small schools on the east end of Long Island, you on the South Fork, me on the North Fork. That's really crazy that we you even came to my school or I went to your school. It's not something that would happen for any other reason than, you know, being involved in it. Right. And so then, after all of that, we by chance book the same ferry mm-hmm. from Orient Point to New London, which is makes sense that we would 
do that is the quickest way to get from Eastern Long Island to Boston, where we were going for our freshman orientation session at Boston College. But the fact that we picked the same one and the same orientation because there were two options, you know, it's a little out there. But even beyond that, you were there with Julia, Mm -hmm. a, a mutual friend, and I was there with my boyfriend at the time. So there was really, it's not like we were alone and like struck up a conversation. Exactly. I have no idea why we spoke to each other. Do you remember? Like so how? I think we were sitting on the ferry in those booths, you know, with, uh-huh, and yeah. I think you were a couple booths over and either we heard you say Boston College or someone was wearing something. Somehow yeah, we some, figured out some, the Boston College or maybe we just looked like 18 year olds going to the same place. <laughs> and yeah. we're like, oh, hey, somehow we struck up a conversation based on the fact that we figured out we were both going to the same place. We were Which all Which does going. not sound strange to you, but that's very strange for me, I can tell you. I don't strike up conversations. Yeah, I probably strangers. did. I just don't. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I know. I'm exactly. Because <laughs> you were with your boyfriend, right? Like, yeah, you could yeah. always just could, didn't need to like, you know, and I was with Julia, to your point. Yeah. It's not like we needed to go find other people to talk to. We were there already with our friends. I can see where you're sitting. I can see. It's weird for me. It's very weird for me. I have a visual. <laughs> that's so well do you want to talk about that or yeah yeah you don't know this this is no it, oh god well no See? Be- I are already the surprises yeah. right okay so this is gonna sound weird but I re- what I remember most was how in love you looked with Devin Aww. I know that sounds so weird but you guys were like look we're looking at each other like those like heart the, I mean that emoji with like the heart <laughs> eyes Yes. And I had never really seen anything like that. I know that sounds crazy. And I certainly hadn't experienced it. But I, I now feel like knowing you, this makes total right. sense to me. That's like, who I am. Yes. Yeah. Knowing, yeah. which we may get into, like your wounds around love is healing. Like the whole thing now makes yeah. so much sense to me. But at the time I was like, I had not had, I had boyfriends, but it wasn't, I was like, wow, those two yeah. are into each other. Yes. So that was and my now, recollection. Which, which, by the way, ties so perfectly to the very last episode we recorded, which was Taylor Swift. And I'm like, this, this is no big deal. This is how you feel on a Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, Ugh, And you're like, what? what? No. This happens once, maybe once in a lifetime. In you're a like, lifetime. no, this like happens all the time to me. Yes. Yeah. But what's the point so of, that's... of doing it if it doesn't feel like that? Exactly. But, Oh, my God. And that makes sense from what we've uncovered on the podcast. Totally. For these two years. Mm-hmm. What happened next, which is we really didn't become friends. We didn't keep in touch. So, again, the meat and the miss. Yeah. And then for me, freshman year, I had a very hard time making friends probably due to that. Afro- Before-mentioned boyfriend. Yes, boyfriend, yes. <laughs> and, the, um, and the googly and eyes. And <laughs> And it, when it came time to do the roommate situation for the lottery situation for sophomore year, I was not really sure what I was going to do. I didn't have a group of people, but I had a, a girl, I guess at the time, a woman, technically woman, that doesn't feel right to call us that at that age. In my, in a few of my classes, that was Jen Talman, by the way. Mm-hmm. And she was like, what are you doing? We really kind of need an extra. We should just say, I guess, at Boston College, yeah. at least after your freshman year, you've got to you you get in these suites so you have to you have to have like eight friends you know it's not like yes. you just need one right. roommate you need to block <laughs> no. together you know and Exa- well, present only- yourself as these are the eight people that are going to live together so it's yes. that's tricky 
at times. It is tricky. It is. And not only were we, which I came to find out and how you'll come back into this, is not only were we doing eight, we were doing 16. Right. Because we wanted to block across the hall from your group and my group wanted to block across right. the hall from each other. Right. So lo and freaking behold, there's the girl from <laughs> the ferry, the ferry, who I haven't seen once all of freshman year. Did I? Yeah, I think we did run into each other once. Okay. Yes. Oh, we we did yes, outside of like a history. Yes. Of the building. Yes. I can see this. Oh my god. I did too. Oh my god. And was and I, I like? Were you still? I, are you still with your boyfriend? I think I, I think I asked that. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> That's so funny. But anyway, so then lo and behold, we're in the same block. So all of sophomore year, we're living directly across the hall from each other amongst gr- like groups of people that hang out all the time. Yes. So, so we, we orbited around each other yes. in our friend groups block yeah. together. But yeah. That- but yeah, again, friends, friendly, friendly. always friendly, always, I, I can't speak for you, but mutual respect. I, there were some some people in yes. those blocks, mine and yours, I don't have that same feeling mm-hmm. for. And I ho- always had it for you. There was nothing where, it, where I was like, nope, I don't I don't like her. Nothing like that. We just we weren't close. Yeah. Meet, miss, meet, miss. And we could talk about a couple of other instances in college. But the truth is we just, we had this close but not close relationship through college. Right. Then we get into the same law school. Fordham. But you went, yes, mm-hmm. you went directly there and I deferred for a year. Meet Miss, meet Miss. Wait, and, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, How did we get yeah. into law school? What test did we have to take and who oh, drove the LSAT. me there? Yeah, tell yes. And so, who so, drove yeah. me there? You did, <laughs> did. Which also was kind of even random at the time because mm-hmm. we both I know I signed up late because I was denying the fact that I ever wanted to be a lawyer. And had literally been told since I was like five years old that I should be a lawyer. So therefore, I was like, no, 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 no. And even, even now we're like seniors in college and I have been an English and communications double major and I've tried every other internship and want no part of law school. Finally decide, oh, fine, I'll just take the LSATs. Why not? Because it's a great education and I can go to law school and never be a lawyer. So, Which is exactly what you said but, to me, and I reminded you of this recently. I know, I or know. like maybe a couple of years ago, that we went and talked about what why we were doing this, and what our plans were, and you were like, "I definitely don't want to be a lawyer. I just think it's a great education." And I was like, "Oh, I I want to be a lawyer. I I I not only want to be a lawyer, I want to be a partner at a big law firm." And like this was my whole life, and this was the only thing I wanted to do and who fast and, forward and who's the partner fast in forward, law who's the partner me and who wants nothing to do with it but is so happy it's part of her education yeah you so we just completely <laughs> switched the roles on our way to the exam no wild. not on the way wild yeah right crazy the, the you were the only we one I knew to each other right you were the only one I got a car too we took it at that <laughs> random location which yes. I assumed was right. probably because I signed up late because I was in denial which I did too I think yeah. I signed not because I was in denial but because I was you know as what led me up to deferring for a year I was having cold feet you know right. I was like this oh. is what I've always wanted to do but what if I want to do something else? What if I should explore something else? Which is why I ended up going, I signed up late. I went through with it. I got in. I did the whole thing and then deferred because I was like, well, now I can explore that thing with with still having the safety of knowing that that's still my dream. Right. I've never asked you this either. Do you Did you get your LSAT results when you were 
So I got them by calling from a bar in Notre Dame. Did, did, did this happen to you? Like, why was I? Wouldn't we have gotten them at the same time? Or maybe you were not as anxious as me to call. I the was minute. not as yeah. anxious. So I don't know how this is possible, but whenever, however they became available back then, maybe you phoned a number. I don't know why. I just can tell you that we went out to Notre Dame for the BC Notre Dame game in those damn Winnebago's. And I yes. was at a bar. We flew, by the way. Oh, we did not you do are so yeah. high class. We were like, no, we were like, I am not driving. That was so smart, by the way. It was horrible. But yeah. I, I remember calling for my LSAT results from a bar in Notre Dame, like through a payphone. It's, yeah, no, didn't do that. I waited. Mine came in the mail. Ugh. I got mine with old boyfriend gone away, but the new boyfriend that we t- <laughs> we talk about still to this day, <laughs> he and I got our senior year, got our LSATs together, opened them together. Okay. No. All right. So no. then we are, are, are seen. We're in the scenes. We're in Fordham. Well, we're in Fordham Law School. Yeah. Yeah. At which, again, we're not, now we're not even the same year. Right. So we're, there's def, but it's a much, much, much smaller school. So there's a lot more of seeing each other. There's definitely some of me going like, you're a year ahead of me. What should I do about this? What should I, you know? Yes, I remember but, that. But not a ton. It's again, a lot of this meet and miss, meet and miss. And then as young associates, we were very mm. busy, but also, you know, kept, we kept in touch. We yeah. had someone to compare notes with, someone who was really going through it at the same time, going through the same things. Because once you get into a law firm, a year difference doesn't make that much of a difference. You're still either junior associate or senior associate or partner. And so we were more in the same realm. I mean, we then. were across the street, too. I mean, we were. Right? We I mean, were. you were one across the park street. and I was Grand Central. We mean, we would yep. meet for lunch. I mean, yes. their law firms yeah. are all over New York City. We were a block apart. Right. I mean, let's just yeah. think about yeah. that, right? <laughs> again, yes, again. Block apart. And then we run into each other at an Emily Giffen book signing at Barnes & Noble on the Upper East Side. Which if anyone's right. been to an Emily Giffen book signing, it's like it's like being at a rock concert. I mean, there's a lot yes. of people there. It's, <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a scene. It certainly yes. was, again, pre-COVID, everything else. This was years ago. Yeah, years ago. Uh, it was a scene. And we were alone. Yes, Each alone, which which also, like the ferry situation, is very normal for me, not at all normal for you. Right, yes. Because you weren't really I wasn't alone. really I alone, because Emily worked for, with yes. me or, or worked in my law firm, and we have a very yes. good mutual and best friend. So exactly. we, I was there, but but she's like with Emily. So I, right. I'm effectively alone. Right, you were. Oh, she has you, to, no, you were. You were sitting by yourself. Yeah, yeah. she has right, to go like, around with yeah. Emily and do all her stuff yes. and knows all her people, and yes. I'm just like, hi. <laughs> like... So I was, yeah, I was alone. Yeah. And you, but but we met up and we were chatting and talking about Emily and we love her books. And you were like, well, we're going to an after party. I was. Do you want to come? Yeah, I was on the list. Uh, I'm like, I, I think you, I think I can get you in. <laughs> I know. It was, it was the coolest moment for both of us, by the way. This is the first time, <laughs> this is the first time we're telling our story on the podcast, but this is not the first time I'm telling this story because I told it to mm, Ed Burns. <laughs> you did. As if Ed Burns cared about our origin story. <laughs> nope. Ed Burns was at the after party on the rooftop with us. And Corinne literally talked to him like they'd known each other for 20 years. She's like, Ed, let me tell you about Kate and I. And, now we met- and Ed's listening. Ed is totally listening. <laughs> she had like inside jokes with him. I don't even know. <laughs> What was that joke you made or a comment about? I told him that that now Tom Petty, rest in peace. 
I told him Tom Petty hated him and I knew it. And he was like, what? He's like, for real? And it's true. And it was right. Oh, my God. I was like, what yeah. is she saying to Edwards? Yes. Of course, what I knew was the legal battle. I had known the legal battle over the rights to the songs that Tom Petty had written for Ed Burns' huge breakout movie. Brothers um, McMullen? Sh- sh- no, oh, she's, she's the got, one. She's breakout, the one. Yeah. that was his breakout to make him who he was, right. but she's the one was a commercial success. Yes. And I was aware of, I was obsessed with that album. When it came out, it was later on, much later on, but we used our wedding song from that album. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So it was like a big deal to me, and I knew about the legal battle, and he... So I, that's why I said it. And he was like, oh, my God. Yeah, you guys <laughs> were right fast true. friends. Fast yes. friends. We lo- I love that picture of us. We still have it. <laughs> yes, of course. Love. So I feel like, for me, this is when our relationship began in earnest. There was just a deepening there that had never previously happened. I Something about that night. I agree. Do you, totally. Yeah, right? Totally. Yeah. yeah. And we started to really make an effort to meet up after that. Not that we we had always met up, but now we were really making the effort, which is a little different. I agree. And it, it, the, the, certainly the Emily Given book signings every two years became an absolute ritual. Right. Yes. Without a doubt. How are we getting there? When are we going? You know, it, what's what's going on afterwards? That was it. Exactly. And then and, and at that point, we were also mothers. We talked about – we were reading more – our friendship had just deepened. It, it just deepened. And I think after that point, it, it has always drifted in and out of our very full lives. But at that point, I would think it was never severed again. No. To I, me. Completely. To me, right? Completely. There, there, was a, there was a real connect. And then at some point, I read a book. I also don't know why I did this. I, I read a book and I desperately needed you to read it. I don't know why. I mean, yes, we read books. Yeah, but you had plenty of book people that you could absolutely, more than me, that you could have asked about. In my mind, there was no one else. (laughs) I needed you to read this book. And I needed to know what you thought of it. I don't know why. I don't. Are we talking about Luckiest Girl Alive? No, it's The Last Mrs. Parish. Oh, that. Yeah. Okay, totally different. I'm going like way back. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. We have had those moments. But right. this, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. no, just that, I just or... meant that was one year, whenever that came out, what was that, 2015 or something? That's years yeah. ago where mm-hmm. you definitely did not, we did not sort of, we right. were just beginning to kind of like talk about books or whatever. But you had asked me about that one and mm-hmm. and we ended up talking about whether or not Ani was unlikable. Yes, and I, way I, back. I, yes, way back before our whole unlikable female protagonist, and yes. what does that mean? And <laughs> da, da, da. but I feel like that was like the first seed of yes. this. Oh my God, unlikable right. kind of question, and like because with that, and then that did end up, which we'll get to, but that ended up being one of our first books that we yep. did. But it was, it was on this for the podcast. But yeah, yeah. So anyway, but yeah. yes, then but the last Mrs. Parish was when I needed yes. you to read and read. And you read, and I was like, and I don't know at what point in the process it was. I feel like subconsciously it was even before you read it. And I was like, we need to write a book together. I just knew we needed yeah. to write a book together. Yeah. And and so we did. And then that is to me an, yet another level of our friendship where obviously when you're writing a book together, you're having much more constant contact. Now, we were writing alternate points of view, so we weren't 
like writing every single word together, but we were trading chapters back and forth. Like, here's mine. What happens next? Here's yours. Okay, now let me use that to figure out what happens next. And obviously, it's just stepped up our relationship to a, another level, right? Yes. Oh, my God. I mean, that was right. that was amazing. I had written something myself. You've written a lot of things. No, we didn't even know how it was even logistically to write, possible right. to write <laughs> a book together. A book together. And I was like, blah. Uh, yeah, yeah but we both wanted but, to you know which yes. we should have known about ourselves and our personalities but like I didn't want to let you down yeah and, and yeah. like you'd send me your chapter I'm like oh I gotta go I, I gotta yeah. do mine now I gotta Step do mine up my now. game yeah I always felt like that yeah. I know for me I had written I think two books before that and I absolutely stepped up my game measurably because of you and your writing and your participation in that so that was a huge thing. But so even we read we we wrote the book and we won't go too far down that unless you want to, but we had kind of drifted again. And not again, not like we had in the past. I don't think we could ever get back to that kind of, you know, anonymity between us. But we had drifted a bit. We the book was done, we weren't sure what to do with it. We again, we both have really full lives other than, it was not like I don't want to talk to Kate anymore. I don't want to talk to her anymore. It was just like we have life and it was a lot to fit that into our lives. And so when it was gone, I think both of us were a little bit relieved just to have a little space back, but mm-hmm. not from each other, but from the, the intensity of taking on something else when we already had so many things going on in our lives. And we had a regularly scheduled lunch planned already. Mm-hmm. And just the timing again, the things is just fascinating. Right before that was when I had the idea for the podcast so so yeah. we went to lunch and you made a pitch you made tell 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 yeah. everyone yeah. <laughs> about the moment of rage that that inspired this and what, what yeah how this came this sto- I feel like this story I've I've talked about I guess on my personal st- of social media or whatever quite a bit my husband is a huge Bill Simmons fan and I'm a pretty big fan for mm-hmm. someone who doesn't care about sports. And I, I like his take on entertainment. I often listen to the rewatchables when they're covering something that I have watched or loved or whatever. And I always appreciate their point of view. But it's always felt different from mine, which is why probably I listen. Because I'm like, this is something I would never be having a conversation about, even in regards to the same exact movie. Right. But when I listened to the Gone Girl episode... I mean, you know, Gone Girl, I'm a crazy person about Gone Girl. I'm so fanatical about Gillian Flynn and that book and the character of Amy Dunn. I mean, that's just, like, don't touch it. It's too, you know, I shouldn't have listened to it, but I'm glad I did. Right. I shouldn't have listened to it because I I probably should have known just knowing me. Yes. Even if the the whole two hours was flawless, I was going to have a problem with it. And I did. I had a big problem with it. I had a problem with how they focused on Ben Affleck and his legacy as an actor. So many good things to say about that. I didn't disagree with anything they said. I just didn't understand how that was all it was. They focused on Ben Affleck's legacy as an actor and where this fit in. And they talked about David Fincher, who is the brilliant, brilliant director of the movie Gone Girl. But I just didn't feel there was airtime for Rosamund Pike who brilliantly brought Amy Dunn to life in a way that I don't think anyone else could have certainly in hindsight she's the only one but and Gillian Flynn who not only wrote the the book 
that is brilliant. But she adapted the screenplay into something that was equally brilliant. Oscar nominated. Yeah. This is not my personal opinion. Right, right. <laughs> this is this is verified. And I just didn't understand how there was barely like a line or two. I mean, Rosamund Pike got a, uh, got a few lines. I don't, I'm not even sure Gillian Flynn was mentioned. She may have been mentioned as the author of the book, uh, as if she didn't write the screenplay that David Fincher directed. But anyway... I was beside myself. I was absolutely beside myself, as I tend to do. I also do get very worked up about everything. So I was really, really worked up. And I was like, we need to start a podcast, not to tell them they're wrong or not to tell anybody that they're wrong, but just to, they're just not looking at what I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. And who is looking at what I'm looking at? I don't see it. I don't see anybody looking at things the way I would, the way you would, the way I think should be out there. And and so I pitched it to you and I still to this day don't even know. Like what were you like, she's crazy? Like what were okay or what was your reaction? reaction? Yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, by that point, since we had written a novel together, I've already mm-hmm. come to trust all your big ideas. I wasn't okay. gonna call them all your crazy ideas. But <laughs> crazy is a compliment. Yeah, that I take it. Yeah. As well. So I think by then my whole mantra, the answer is always yes, was kind of, if I hadn't said it yet, it was inside me. Yeah. So, although, to be honest, I'm not sure I had ever even listened to a podcast when you asked me. I'm not even kidding. I'm not sure <laughs> I, know I, you. I know. I think heard we had talked about it. I think I was like, cool, I've never listened to one of those, but yes, yes. I mean- We're going to talk? Okay, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, exactly. But the concept I loved, the idea, everything you were saying, and you're right, it was a perfect time because we had had a little bit of a lull after the intensity of writing together all the time because the book was, you know, we were trying to get an agent or whatever, but there's that's just like waiting time, you know? There was, there was this downtime yeah. and- I kind of could squeeze something else into yeah, our crazy life. Yeah, exactly. But I had missed the, you know, the, with the writing, there was back and forth all the time. I agree. And I'm, this seemed like you came to lunch with this. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. Yeah. This sounds yeah. awesome. And we launched with three episodes on November 20th, 2019. It was When Harry Met Sally, mm-hmm. Normal People, the book. Yes. And a quick cap, which at the time, yes. right, were just like little, little conversations, yeah. little, yes. which by the way, I forgot though. Do you remember what, what the first no. one was on? Two Astro- of the three, astrology Taylor and, and Taylor Swift. I mean, yeah. are we what still? What was the other thing? Though? Oh my yeah. God. No, but I'm just going to, those are the only two I remember, but I'm like, um, hello, yeah. we just put out those an episode. Those are our obsessions. Those are our things. Yeah. We just put out an episode on Taylor Swift again. And we talk and about astrology, astrology constantly. So, <laughs> so right out of the gate, we we had things that I yeah. guess were the the seeds of of obsessions. But now we've published at least weekly, sometimes more than once, depending what's going on. And we have what are we at over 140 episodes? Yes, which is phenomenal. And and that is frankly due to the pandemic because we had really, we again, we had very full lives. We don't have a lot of downtime. So we <laughs> expected to publish one episode a week. Now, two years in, one episode a week, that puts it, you at 104. Where the fuck did that other year? We managed to jam another year into those two years. Oh my years. God, we did. I can't do mm-hmm. math. You know that. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. I mean, it's not quite, but practically another year worth of episodes and that was due to the pandemic 
We've never skipped a week, have we? Oof. We haven't. <laughs> I know. That's a thing for Corinne. We, we can't. haven't. We can't. She'll yeah. freak out. I you know, know some people no. take like breaks. You know. I know, but I've come, Kate, you know, this is going to be a theme. We, we, I've come a long way. The fact that I'm even open to it and that I am now not convinced that if we skip a week. The world will end. It'll be, yeah. And, and specifically that the podcast, we, the podcast will, just, will, die. will cease to exist, mm. slowly cease to exist. We are very low key people, guys, just <laughs> in case you Noticed. Very relaxed. Very relaxed. The best part is we're so type A and high strung in different ways. Oh yeah. Mine is my hyper vigilance, right? Yeah, I, but yeah. we both don't know how to do anything half fast. No. So when no. people are like, "Oh, that's no. nice. You guys like have a little podcast," I'm like, "Oh no, 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 no. no. Mm-hmm. We treat this just as oh, yeah. intensely and seriously as any other endeavor that we do. Absolutely. Which is by definition, a million times more intense than anybody else. Whatever. Anyone else, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So are we up to what we said? What we said. Instead of yeah. what she said? Yeah. Yeah. So. Where we, we're going to look at the actual episodes. Yes. That we have covered and done. Together. Well, we're not going to talk about them all. We're going we're gonna to ask each other some questions about, yeah. about the episodes. So I'm going to start by asking you... What is the episode that surprised you the most? There's so many different ways to interpret that question, but what jump? And I always try to go with my gut reaction, mm-hmm. and my gut reaction, interestingly, was Jessica Simpson. Ah, yes. For a few reasons, mm-hmm. it was the first one we recorded during the pandemic, and it was at the pandemic when we thought it. This was two weeks time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let's just do everything. <laughs> like we have two weeks right. where we're really we're not commuting we're not going into an office we're not like our lives are kind of on hold like let's really gun it for this podcast thing and you were very uncomfortable just in general with the breaking of the cycle of things and also I was breaking it on many levels right this was nonfiction. And also, I was like Jessica Simpson right chicken of the sea what yes Yes. I think I had convinced you a little earlier that the book True. was more than we expected. To cover it on the podcast was was a different hurdle. Right. right? And then, I don't know, there's something about our conversation. It just delved, there were, she was so many different things. We had a segment called Baller. We talked about her as a businesswoman, which, by the way, we also still did last week on our most recent episode, not letting go of, of our obsessions. And, but also had a really, had really rich love life in a way that we hadn't seen put out before and it was my it, again back to our taylor swift and can you have more than one capital t capital l true love and jessica simpson has had really intense transformative relationships more than one and it was so interesting to look at all of them how different they were and how one some were bad and some were good and i don't know it really surprised me how much we got out of that content that one left an impression a hundred percent still echoes yes and that one everything about that memoir and the episode surprised me as you said I I was blown away by the book I had no idea that I had that in that she had it in her yeah that that she of course now I mean I do I follow her after reading that I mean 
so surprised. That was the word I think we even used on the episode mm-hmm. by by both the book, her, and then you're right, our discussion of it. I think I was most surprised by Cocktail and Boomerang. Oh, yeah. Because they were th- like these throwback classics that don't immediately scream pop fiction women material. Yes. It was that's where right. we broke the rules and put our own twist by focusing on the women of these movies, which are two of my absolute favorites. And, but I, again, I think to your point about the Jessica Simpson, I think I had to be a little convinced of that too with Boomerang because that was the first one I didn't need to be by the time we did Cocktail right. but cocktail. you know it's supposed to be if we, we try to have it be a female director or writer creator and everybody knows Boomerang and but but it was sort of a response to the rewatchables which yeah. as you mentioned is Bill Simmons podcast which is the seed for how this began so I was like actually yep. that's kind of cool you know we'll do yeah. our own look at it and both of them I feel like are some of our best episodes. They're so funny. Mm-hmm. And I think they're so us. And yes. we really just, you know, I think they're not like anything you would have heard about these two movies that people right. otherwise know so well. And so to me, I'm like so surprised. This just proved, they proved to me that what we're doing is important and interesting and different, right? Like yeah. we do have a perspective and it's, those two are great examples of that. Yeah, I listened to the Boomerang one. I really enjoyed that episode very much. I enjoyed their perspective, and especially the the perspective on the male friendship uh, among the the guys in that movie. But I was like, there's so much left unsaid. What about the women? And, And that just seemed very obvious to me of a lack, again, why we started it, a lack of of just a, a point of view, not not a you got this wrong, let yes. me tell you. No, just like, hey, let me add to that. Yes. In a in a way only I can. And you could not. Mm-hmm. The truth is they couldn't have. They so, couldn't. Yeah. So I, yeah. I was surprised by this. The other one I also was so surprised by, another one of your picks, is Foodie Love. I just didn't oh, know God. what to expect. The Spanish subtitles. I was like, what are you? There's a female director. She's famous in Spain but and Europe, but I didn't know who she was. And yeah. blown away. Blown away. I wish yeah. more people have seen that show and listened to our recaps because I think they would be equally surprised by how beautiful it oh. is and how much mm. they would relate to it and love it too. So that one surprised me like in the best possible way. And then I became a foodie love like fanatic, but I and ran around telling everyone to watch. And I still tell people because it's not something a lot of people have seen and I really wish they would. <laughs> yeah, and it's not I mean it's not going away. It's not it's there. It's yeah. not outdated, right? Like watch it. Right. Whenever you find it, watch it. So what episode do you think that you've learned the most about yourself from? Oh God. I mean, first of all, <laughs> I feel as if I've learned something from every episode. I I, I mean yeah, that's the me so- overall theme here. But there's a there's actually a few that I really had these light bulbs about myself and one is untamed and the other is our valentine's day love episode and untamed you know i i mean obviously that book was probably a book that a lot of people read and and learned things about themselves but it was so the book is one thing but it was again our discussion and i just felt like i spent that entire episode not just on the couch i mean i i mean 
I'm always on the couch in a lot of episodes, but I was just laying there. I never got off it. (laughs) I was like, you were my therapist. (laughs) I felt like I had so many questions, so many struggles. Like we had gone through those four keys, you know, on how to unlock Mm -hmm. yourself and become untamed. And with every section, the feel, no, imagine, let it burn. I'm like, but how? Corinne, tell me how. Or or she says to do this, but what does that mean? And yeah. and so the book is great, but I just feel like if I were a regular person who just read the book, like I would read it and I'd no. have all, yeah, I'd have all these questions and I, then I would yeah. have no idea what to do. You gave me, I'm not saying the answers, but talking to you on it, I was like, oh, okay. Okay. That was one that continued way yeah. b- before and after we we hit record and stop right? <laughs> that conversation. Yeah. 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 I also it was just a very meaningful conversation. Yes, in it that how much work I have to do. I was like, okay, this is just the start. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's no such thing as one-way liberation, all right? I'm on it. Love um, that line. Motherhood is martyrdom, all of it. I mean... There's so much, but again, it was it was in our discussion that I think where I really started to learn things. And the Valentine's Day episode, oh my yeah. God, I feel what? well. I'm so interested. Well, yeah. well, you you know, but you might not know, remember it's from this. But this Valentine's Day one on love, where you look at what we've talked about and kind of make some connections, or what have we been seeing all along, or what you know in various episodes. And this one, because we love to talk about love, we were really looking at depictions of love that we are drawn to in books movies or tv so it didn't even have to be things we covered and I remember preparing for it and I was like I started to just see these like patterns about myself like and what those things that I love reveal about me and my feelings on love and I and I realized oh my god this started at 10 years old with Anne Shirley and Gilbert Blythe and Anne of Green Gables and (laughs) you know Pride and Prejudice in high school Mr. Darcy like all these things leading up to then current, you know, depictions and had a lot. So that alone, I learned so much. I just saw, suddenly saw myself and and where my views on love come from and what it says about me. But then, you know, the big one for me that we'd been talking about in many episodes was this, the one that got away and is it an anchor that ties you to who you were, can be a mirror reflecting your true self and I'm going on and on about all the the movies and things I love where the one comes back to show you who you really are and you just literally go so the one that got away is you and Mm -hmm. I I almost felt I I mean to say it was a light bulb is not even it just doesn't it doesn't do it justice I mean a lightning bolt yeah, like, oh, well, I learned that about myself. Oh, it was just, it was revelatory, really. And, and now we've talked about it many times since. But that just came out of this. And we mm-hmm. had talked around these things so many times. And it unlocked a lot. Yeah. That is some, part of my takeaway is just the, how many conversations you you need to have in order to really get at the thing. You have to be willing to say it so many different ways and put it in so many different contexts and that's why I love examining our own lives through these and and not just our own lives but if our lives are representative of of two different kinds of women and then there's so many other kinds out there too like looking at it through that lens of like what 
what's going on here for this person and what are they going through and it just gives better context to help us all understand our ourselves but we have to have the conversation over and over and over and over and over until that and you never know when that moment will strike yes. right you just don't so I, you just got to keep doing it exactly so what episode do you still think about the most which one lingers for you the flea bag mm-hmm. ones definitely do especially i think it was the second one when i yeah you know kind of had a confession about the way i lashed out at other mothers who were doing things differently for me for no other reason than my own insecurities and my own fears around being a mother and how badly I was doing it and all that so that one stands out to me but to be honest really the one that stands out to me the one that I can't let go of is luckiest girl alive I still feel confused about that book right okay I I do, I feel, well, and now you've even brought it up as part of- Our origin story. Yeah, part of ours, which I had forgotten about. I was so shocked at what I saw on my Mm reread for the podcast. I was, and during my reread, conversely, I was also shocked at what I had seen during my first read. Yeah, Like, what, what was going on? And to this day, I'm not sure how I feel about that book. Does it make me mad? sad it's a revenge story that makes me feel badly for the avenger and that's not something i'm used to but it's a really accurate and sad reflection of society yeah so it's very true i don't i don't know is that the one where i was like on the reread i was like why was i such an asshole the first time yeah i was so harsh on her yeah and i mean what i what left unsaid earlier when i said you asked me years ago as part of the origin story about what I thought of her. I mean, my answer was she's just too unlikable. Mm. I remember saying that. I now have yeah. a, compl- yeah. you know, I'm not saying, you know, we just, there's so much more around that conversation and more Co- nuance yes. than it was so then. But that was right. my reaction then. Yeah. I'm Which, kind of right. embarrassed to say. It's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. Um, but yeah, you're right. You know, a revenge story, I, I won't spoil Promising Young Woman, but that is a revenge story where you're rooting for her the whole time and the end is not what you expect, but it didn't change the whole movie for me. It just, I was like, oh, of course, that's the way it ends. Of course. Of right, course. Right. But this is a revenge book where it, my feelings about it are so complicated, but I, the one thing I can't deny, first of all, it's, it's, it's incredibly written. Our killer quotes from that could have gone on for hours and in fact did go on for mm-hmm. hours. But the writing is stunning. And, but I think what's most disconcerting for me is just how true it is and how sad that that's the truth and that that's how a, a teenage girl is taught to react. It's how they are taught to ingratiate themselves and then what is left of revenge. It has stayed with me. Yeah, and you're going to have a chance to revisit it with the I movie. I know, when the movie. Yeah, that I was know. in the crystal ball. But yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, we will. Uh, in a whole different context, seeing it in a movie. I mean, I also think you'd agree that Normal People has really stayed with us, probably because we can't get rid of it, because then there was yeah. the Hulu series and everything. I just yeah. feel like those two, Marianne and Connell, I feel yeah. like they're just like with us at yeah. all times. They're just like real people that like we refer to as if, you know, like, what would Marion Connell do? I mean, not really, yeah. but 
That one is. I so think I said it in Taylor's first last week. I'm you like, did. It's, well, if you hate them, why don't you hate them? Right. Yeah. They just it yeah. just doesn't go away. I mean, talk about staying with us. It's just like a part of us. And I know it was also one of our first episodes, as I said. And then we. Have it was the very, very first very episode first. that we recorded. It was not the first one we put out, but it was the very first one we right. recorded. Yeah. But I suppose yeah. so. It will always have a special place for that reason. But it just is sort of just like part of like that book fabric yeah. of. This it podcast is. and yeah. us. I mean, another one, just a little fires everywhere. I just feel like the cage reference is also mm-hmm. just something that came out of that that just is like part of our lexicon too, you know? Yep. Like yep. there's yep. just somewhere it just feels like parts of it are really just with us, you know? Yeah. I think I have to also note another one, which is completely different, but for different reasons, but group Oh, yes. Interviewing Christy Tate. Now, we become friends with with authors after we interview them many times to, to different extents. But Christy was one of my best friends before we interviewed her. And to interview her before the book came out and then watch that book skyrocket. Mm. And I, that I that will never, that will never leave me. And I would have never had that same perspective if we were just friends. It was, you know if she and I were just friends the fact that I got to interview her and talk to her and have it was also a really fun episode it was I mean, because it was we really were good. friends I could we could brainstorm what we wanted to do we put together our own group who we'd we'd want in our therapy. in our group therapy yeah it was, it was just a yeah so for so many le- reasons that was one that really has stayed with me yeah no that's a good one because I obviously didn't know Christy beforehand and I felt like we were fast friends just like immediately oh, and yeah. I was like oh I love this and it was yeah. there were so many I mean she's a lawyer too I felt very it all felt very relatable yes. right out of the gate <laughs> I, for we us. should do a tally of how many of our author interviews have been with lawyers uh, all right we're in what's what we said but these what we said have originated from what she said so what <laughs> what is what what is one of your most cited what she said quotes and maybe has even become a little bit of your own I mean I just don't think there's anyone more cited than find your wound mm-hmm. which was Liz Feldman when yeah. we did dead to me I mean hers was you know find your wound and write from it but we have now just used that line endlessly to each other I to yeah. people I'm now like talking to people as if they know what I mean I'm like that seems like a real wound for you. And they're like, what? But yeah, that one, it's just countless times we talk about that. And now it's not just in terms of using your wounds as a source of creative inspiration, which is what she was talking about. It's just, it's everywhere. We just, and then it, there's a visual to it. You know, I have a picture like wounds oozing or bleeding out, like when we when I'm really being dramatic. I mean, I don't know. I just don't think there's anyone more cited than that. There's yeah. others I love. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But that one, I just feel like we just, it's all the time. Big part of our, yeah, big part of our conversations. And you're right. It has extended way beyond creative inspiration. It's just like, this is the work of life, basically. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, your text, what was your text yesterday? Or two days ago, you needed to talk to me. Oh, yeah. You were rage crying about something. And I'm like, oh, yeah. my God, is everything okay? And you're like, it's just my wound. Just and I'm like, wound. oh, cool, got it. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it's a yeah. shorthand. Yeah, exactly. It's a shorthand now, even. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Liz Feldman. Yeah. I have one that I don't quote 
specifically, it's my wound, right? Mm -hmm. This idea of her, Sally Rooney's quote is, I don't really believe in the idea of the individual. Mm -hmm. I find myself consistently drawn to writing about intimacy and the way we construct one another. Mm. I mean, and that's just, that's everything I do. And sometimes it works, like, when I say, so the one that got away was you, and sometimes it is met with major resistance, not just from you, but from other friends of mine who were not happy with my ability to, or my inability to separate Taylor Swift and Jake Gyllenhaal (laughs) last week (laughs) on the Red Album. Did you get feedback on that? Oh boy, I got skewered. Really? By who? I said that last week. Taylor Swift, I understand why she feels the way she does. I'm glad she feels the way she does. She's entitled to it and not even like in a demeaning way. Like she, I get it. I would, I could feel that way. But I can't separate out their relationship. And and if he did something to her, what did she do to him? Whether not to cause it, but what's the dynamic? Like what, what yes, in retaliation? Everything's what, relational. Everything yeah. is relational. I don't believe in the idea of the individual. I just don't. This is and where so, you and Sally are. Yeah. yeah. And so when you, when you say, well, I'm too firmly rooted in Taylor Swift's point of view, I'm like, I don't, she doesn't even exist in that. When she's, she exists as a human being, we all do. But when you're looking at their relationship, she can't a relationship cannot exist without two people mm-hmm. so yeah no I mean that was eye-opening for me that that aspect of normal people when we first talked about it yeah. I, obviously we've had tons of conversations about it since and I I actually really appreciate it and understand it better now but when we first had that conversation because of the things she writes that was like whoa for me yeah. that, that was very oh. mind-expanding yeah, and for me, it was very... Like confirmatory, probably. Yeah, yeah. Like, like this, she took the swirl of shit in my head that I have not been able to articulate to anyone, but I've always felt and knew and just believed so fully, and she put it into a line, she one single line of dialogue. does that a lot. I mean, yeah. how yeah. many times oh, yeah. did we say that in Beautiful World, Where Are You? I mean, like you'd mm-hmm. read something and be like, that's what I've been thinking, but I would have never been able to say it. And you're right. It can be one line. Yeah. And she's just, oh, she's, we love her. She really, yeah. she gets, she gets in our heads. Um, she does. Totally. She does. So what about, speaking of our, what she said, now what we, what we said, who is the female creator that you sort of, love doing the deep dive into the most I know we love a segment both of us and researching these these women but but is there one that really sticks out for you I've loved all of them in the in the moment that I'm doing it I have every single and I've never been able to not go down a rabbit hole for any one of them Mm -hmm. I've I've loved them one of the surprising ones to me I will say was Ellen Hildebrand yeah because I was not that excited about the book but sometimes my way in, if I'm not excited about a book, is to get excited about the author. And that one, absolutely. I was so freaking impressed at what a great business writer woman and she businesswoman yeah, she is. She's yes. a baller. She's a real baller. She really is. And I was very taken by her. Mm-hmm. And I was so impressed. And it took everything to the next level for me. So that was one that was unexpected, I will say. But honestly, I, I love going down every single one of the rabbit holes. And I go far down every time. And I'm always impressed. 
And I love sharing that. And I recently got some feedback from a friend. of She's a very new friend in my life and we're not that close. And she had found out we have a podcast and she started listening to the succession recaps. And she was so impressed to know she didn't know anything about the writer's room and Lucy Preble. And it, it just it just reminded me that not everybody knows about know. these women creators and, and how they're behind things and what they do and their perspective that they bring. And so I just feel like that's a huge part of what I love. But it's also probably the most important part of what we do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's the part, yeah, it's the part that we get really into because we can see you know, things we want to emulate, things that inspire us, like love to hear their stories. I really do. I mean, I think, I always think Phoebe Waller-Bridge with this one, of, of course, course, but yeah. maybe that's just because, uh, you know, we did season one and season two, so we kind of did a double what she said on her. Yes, that's right. Or that we just she feel like we know has, her or something. Well, she also has such a great story balance of she's very much not accessible in social media at all so that leaves us a little bit wanting right yes, in a way that some, right. so many others don't but she's done a ton of interviews so unlike Sally Rooney or Michaela Cole and that's perfectly acceptable but Phoebe Waller-Bridge is willing to give a lot I mean she went heavy on press yeah and you know we're not I don't think we have a segment on this about any of our complicated conversations but I mean all of those author interviews is just like one giant what she said you know and and I love those and that yeah. was really because of COVID how and when book tours are being canceled and publicists needed to find new ways so that was a total silver lining for us yes. too to have the ability to then interview these female creators in this case yeah. typically just writers that we have expanded yeah. to showrunners and TV creators with Sarah Gamble yeah. and Stacey Brookeiser. Mm -hmm. So that to me just felt like such a natural extension of the, what she said and has turned out, I can't, we can't pick favorites cause we love, you know, I, I literally have been surprised yeah. at basically every one of those interviews, whether I knew the oh author or not by I take something yes. away every time every time. every single time every single time so. whether it's my genre and we've covered so many different genres so many different you know stages of of their author uh, career you know debuts versus like an emily giffen we've covered it all and every single one of them leave us with wow i didn't know that or that's amazing or that's so inspiring every one of them yes do you want to talk with the about the female protagonist that you've just that we have covered that you like the most or identify with the most that shows my damage yeah I I mean I think I'd have to say Erica Berry from something's got to give Diane Keaton I just I think I just related to her so much you know her ambition and drive and like her need to be control in control and how she used that as a shield and it was all very Kate very Kate and now then you know she just kind of came unraveled by by love and decided she didn't want to have her bearings anymore she'd had them her whole damn life you know mm -hmm. that whole coming unglued and you know as I said in that takeaway cutting the turtleneck off mm -hmm. and that I just felt like Eric and I were were kindred spirits. I mean, it's an honorable mention for Jen Harding. Yes. And her anger <laughs> and her directness. But I got to go with Erica. I got to go with Erica. I think that's perfect, too. And, I, and it's funny because when we 
that was one of our early, very early episodes. And I remember when you said that, I was like, oh, I was surprised. But in that way that is like, oh, that makes perfect sense. I'm just, I'm only surprised that I didn't put it together. But but that makes complete sense, especially the way you described it. And I feel like the past two years have, have been your growth towards towards that moment and I'm like I, you're I feel like that still resonates yes. whereas yeah yeah it does yeah I mean yeah. our damage is so different you and I yeah but one that I think has become clear that is very similar is our mommy issues which we've talked yeah. about on yeah. so many yeah. so I feel yeah. like while often I think our damage is different I'm like well, that, that's the one we share in common mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's yeah. the one we share yeah Definitely, which has been fun to explore. And you've taught me about my wound as per my natal chart. I mean, there's yeah. been really a lot of damage explored here. Uh, yes, all and over how the our place. and how our moon, our moon sign is reflective of who our mother is to us, yes. which we did not know yes. until pretty recently. Yeah, and I feel like they were spot on. That is definitely true. My, my Capricorn moon and Leo moon. And then also as mothers, your sons both have the same moon, yep. which you're the same mother vision to both of them. And mine are very different, but also both so accurate, I think, as what they'll what they'll come to me with as their damage. Yes, exactly. What about though? Oh my God, we have to talk about this. The thing that we've just discovered about your Chiron, which is where on your natal chart your wound is shown, but how your healing gifts of your wound mm. relate to me. Yeah. So your wound, right. Chiron and Aries, and, you know, it's about your soul's desire for love and how it's difficult for you in relationships and you see love as sort of having a healing yeah. power. Yeah, uh, and, and, you know, it probably goes hand in hand with the idea of not believing in the individual, but, like, That is the only way to do it, in my mind, is to heal with someone else. Now, the trap, I fell in many times, and what what needs to be avoided is finding someone who you think will do that and, like, putting that all on them. Yes. Instead, they're supposed to kind of reflect it back to you and let you do the healing only in relation to them. Right. Only can you do it. You can't do it by yourself. You have to do it in relation to them. This is me, my wound, my thoughts. This is not gospel. This is not true with right. a capital T. True, right? but just, you're absolutely right. Me. It yeah. is for you, but then, you know, according to information available on the internet about what that means for you with others, though, is that you have this gift of healing other people's relationships, which is yes. what I thought was so interesting vis-a-vis me because – you know, it said that you act as a mirror for other people's feelings, helping bring a deeper sense of understanding to the importance of experiencing one's raw emotions as a path to healing. And you send that Love to it. me and I'm like, oh my God, oh my that God. is what you do for me. You are that mirror. So I'm sorry you have that wound, but thank you so much because... It, I mean, I love it. I know. I, I don't mind You know it what I mean? But yeah. yes, like... That wound, it's like, this is so ridiculous, but it's like you have the exact wound mm-hmm. and the concurrent healing power that comes with that wound that I need. 
Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? This is I crazy. do know what you're saying, but also interesting that I wasn't able to do that until, you know, I, I, I don't think I had, I think I, in fact, inflicted a lot of damage on other people. I hurt them because I believed that they were supposed to heal me. And when they didn't, I was angry and upset mm-hmm. and, and inflicted more wounds. And it was so also funny to back to our origin story, like, maybe you knew like that's there but mm -mm, nope back off like and then we came into each other's lives when I was more able to actually do that for you or as you joked on our interview with Kimberly McRae when we were talking about college friends you Mm -hmm. said you were like Kate wasn't damaged enough for me yet yeah that's me, right? Wait, I didn't have enough healing power. You weren't damaged enough. We came together at the exact right time. There you go. Exactly. Oh God, perfect. Perfect. Oh, geez. Oh, what else? Uh, what else? Uh, are we going to talk about not all damage? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not. I mean, it's not all about psychic wounds and astrology. <laughs> Some of it is just pure frustration and, and obstacles and. Since we do everything on this podcast ourselves, we've had a few of those. I mean, it was great. I was excited and you were excited and on board, but we had no freaking idea how to do it, how to record a podcast. Yeah, good point. You're all excited at lunch that I'm like, I'm sorry. What's next? What are we doing? Wait, we need a microphone. Researching microphone. Yeah. (laughs) 10 microphones I tried. Yeah, I mean. Everything. Yeah, anything stand out for you for like the most damaging? Oh, God. I mean, I really, between the iPad and the microphone issues, like I just could not get the tech shit straight. I just couldn't. It's like not a good part of my brain in terms of functionality. And it was like very hard for me to figure that stuff out. I'm not very tech savvy. And I I just felt like, God, you were trying to explain to me something early on with the then you would record to the and like like my brain just did not compute right um, yeah, yeah so there was a lot of trial and error of that of of the on the tax side I would say for sure yeah yeah that I mean that was an obstacle for me too I have I was not particularly tech savvy I had to learn all of that and that, that was okay the editing has been a challenge mm. for me for sure like figuring it out doing it better growing and you know I you know to me I think damage is also opportunity for growth so I have had moments where I've been very proud of myself I mean I think the Queen's Gambit was at the finale I completely restructured that episode if you listen to that I remember that it is not at all the order in which we said anything in that you were so excited I was so proud of myself and I thought it flowed so much better and made much more sense given now this is one of the problems with not having much pre-production time is we didn't know what we were going to say for each of those things and so it didn't make as much sense when we said it out loud but it was something that was kind of easily fixable in edit and I will say I have so much more respect for people who edit tv shows movies it matters I mean I know that the acting of course matters and the sets and the costumes and and even the directing all of that matters but I gotta tell you I've had a lot of raw feed and it doesn't just come together it's a real art to shaping it and and making it into a a story 
And I have so much more respect for, for editors now. Yeah, and it's hard. I mean, it takes <laughs> you so much time. What's surprising is that you think a two-hour movie, how long should that take you to edit? Or, you know, I have a, a two-hour raw feed of our episode. How long does that take? But first of all, you're listening on a sentence level. Do we say, um, do I have to take this out? Do I shorten this word? Or, And then, then on a flow level, does the conversation work this way? Are we talking too long here? Does everything follow from the next thing? It is, it's very time intensive, very time intensive. And you have a very sensitive ear. But then there's only so much I can do because I cannot put new things in. I cannot fill in a word where it wasn't clear. And I am am the worst offender of my own editing sensibilities because I will start a sentence and not, and go in such a long tangent that the sentence never really comes together and it drives me crazy but you know I I just talk stream of consciousness but when you're making a story it's a little a bit of a struggle but I love it I love it so but but big damage big damage yeah 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 exactly or the time how about the time once then we had new tech issues that we had to figure out when we started doing the interviews with authors because you needed all three people on at the same time and once we got that down with the app we were using and everything, then we're interviewing Kate Bear, the poet. And if two speakers have the same name when you sign in with Kate, which is me, and Kate, Kate Bear, it just it just picks, it overrides one person's yeah. feed. And we're exactly. like, oh, great. So there's always something, basically. That one is just so nerve-wracking, too. And, like, if you mess something up or I mess something up, I'm so forgiving and we have such easy access you can't get kate bear to come back oh sorry or you know yeah i don't have your feet at all no god so it's been interesting yeah all right are we ready for some crystal ball let's go with some crystal ball i'm so excited yeah you know i love crystal ball and it is definitely a segment that we don't always do it and there are lots of really good reasons why we don't always do it but it is sad to me still. Like, I love crystal ball. You're the I love, queen of crystal ball. <laughs> I love It's just my thing. And the writer in you then allows yeah, you to write to and imagine stories. these yeah. really great stories for the future too. So it's a it's a good combo for why it's, you would It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. So, well, but, what, yeah, what are you? Yeah, but our own crystal balls. That's Look, right. Yeah, for this podcast. Yeah. What are you looking forward to covering Okay, so book, movie, or TV shows. The first thing I thought of for things I want to cover, I really, I started thinking like mother-daughter stuff. I started thinking Mm. about our mommy issues, maybe because I said that's like our point of commonality on on the damage. And I know we had done, when we did Lady Bird, I mentioned Terms of Endearment. Mm-hmm. And I I think that would be so good. And so then I was like, oh, because that's just like a classic, like mother-daughter, like angsty kind of uh, relationship that I think you and I are familiar with. And then I thought of Gilmore Girls. I was like, mm. I love Gilmore Girls. And I was like, yeah. so on this mother-daughter thing. And again, yeah. I think it's because we share that that wound and so then I started thinking about what are some other like mother-daughter ones and I was like steel magnolias and little women Mm. and and hope floats and I'm like oh my god so anyway somehow something in the crystal ball for me is going towards this this mother-daughter kind of thing I love that I love that all of those are so good yeah I know and the other thing I thought of is 
like throwback rom-coms. I know we love rom-coms. Yes, I, we want to do some classics. Yes. Yeah. And, I, and I mean, you know, so we, I don't have like favorite movies. I don't have favorite anything. I don't like favorites. Yeah. Uh, but you know the one I watch over, the one movie I'll watch over and over in that category is Sweet Home Alabama. And it also has Reese, which we have a mutual love of. I'm like, eh, we got to we gotta do that at some point. So those were the, and, and I saw, oh, the other thing I see was thinking was, we've still never managed to get in a way for me to sort of explore my love of sports. Mm, and right. we tried Friday Night Lights, which again, when I'm thinking of my all-time favorite things and shows or, or movies, but I don't know how we just, yeah, I haven't found a way into that or any, I'd love if basketball might do it though. It yeah, might, it might yeah. let me, but that is like a big thing for me that I haven't yet really got to kind of talk about on here. So that's sort of where my mind was going more generally in the, in the, in the crystal ball. Oh, I love that. That's exciting. Mine, I already gave mine away. So mine is just Luckiest Girl Alive, the movie. Oh, I'm so definitely. interested to see how it's been adapted. I've loved following yes, Jessica Yes, I was going to say, we've been yeah, following Instagram. it. Mm-hmm. And, and really down to the nitty gritty of her Instagram stories, I watched every single one of them about her process of being on set, her struggles with adapting. That has been really interesting for me to watch that whole process and and I, I can't wait to see the final movie and I freaking love Mila Kunis so oh yeah and you know obsessed. that's actually on the crystal ball for for dream interviews for yeah. future complicated conversations Jessica Knoll so it's the yeah. same kind of thing I mean she's like was first on my list for that reason too yeah. so yeah. she's just I, I mean we've we loved doing the what she said with her I mean I felt like we mm-hmm. both had so many quotes and we're just very like mind in a lot of ways just a lot of the things she says and I, yes. and with that mo- with the adaptation just how f- much she fought to have that oh, role and to, yeah. to be like no I'm writing this and like oh. wouldn't compromise and it obviously took her a lot longer than I think she mm-hmm. wanted it to for and and I don't know what that road looked like but you and I would love to find out you know like yeah. at what point did she just think well it's never gonna happen but then you know and how do you hold on and it I don't know. I'd have so many questions for her. So she's definitely in my dream interview. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have to say for, for dream interviews, we actually have a number of my dream people already lined up because we have, we have some authors lined up through their books are coming out in like April or May of next year. So I, frankly, we've already gotten so many of my dream authors Mm -hmm. on complicated conversations and we have a few more coming up in the next like five or six months but of course i mean there's only one race there's only yeah no it's no no, it's gillian flynn oh yeah the problem is as you say this you're right we have had so many that Uh were dreams already that were realized and now some on the way but there's only so many of those we can do or our hearts will not be able to take it. Like, <laughs> think about Lisa Tadeo or Stephanie Danler. Like, yeah. if we yeah. had, and some of the ones coming up, like, if you had Gillian Flynn or if we had... Oh, like, my God. I I'm just not know. sure that, like, there's only... I'm not ready for That's it. what I'm saying. Yeah, the, I'm the meltdown of <laughs> excitement slash terror that goes yeah. into these dream ones of ours... And and yeah. the preparation. I mean, for the love of oh, God, we don't God. do anything half-assed, as oh, I said at the God. beginning of this. But, like, there are people who would – I'm not 
disparaging other podcasters or interviewers no. of any kind that right. you know can do it with, with you know read a book yeah i'll ask the person some questions i mean that's not how we do anything no. No. but with these dream ones forget it we're just like i uh, mean there's like it it requires so much just talking about how like in my head I am yeah yeah <laughs> like that is like okay I gotta get in my head and into this book and have this conversation and not die while we're doing it right and yeah. they've all been oh, yeah. amazing once oh, we get amazing. into them some yeah. of our best ones like I mean I really do think of Lisa today and we were we were truly yeah beyond intimidated and yes. it turned out to be one of the best interviews and then she went on to Uh, recommend us to recommend us to bellatrist as like a podcast to listen to they ask her one podcast one she could have said all of the ones that are known names already (sighs) which is frankly what they do and you know what most people do you think of the one you listen to all the time and she said us and that was fell over and died i mean lisa Tadeo said that we're a podcast i mean it's just you can't can't yeah. it was just it was too much you can't anticipate any of this right and you don't know it's it's a lot it's a lot to handle it and is. we have had so many of those moments so many of those moments I can remember like this person wrote back can you freaking believe it yes exactly oh gosh uh, but speaking of another one of those moments was when we were doing the live show yeah yeah, yeah. I and that is some crystal ball yeah. and yeah. see more of those that was absolutely amazing. That was an amazing experience, an amazing opportunity. The way the whole thing came together. Oh, I I would do those. Yes. Every so other day. that was yeah. our live interview with Liv Constantine, the sister writing duo who wrote the last Mrs. Parrish show. Again, as you mentioned earlier, that's got a role in our origin story. Mm-hmm. So the fact that then. The universe. We did not pick her through various channels with this, how this event came about. We, they ended up being the authors that that we interviewed. And there is a reason for that, right? I mean, there has it's to wild. be. There wild. has to be. Wild. But we love that. It, we, we have a whole episode, if you haven't listened, of the, the live interview, but also of just... Of our backstory. Exactly. Yeah, our yeah. whole gushing about the experience. And so we Fan talked about forever. it forever. Yeah, but we are, we are, we are well-suited for live events. Yeah. We both sort of so thrive fun. on that. So that, I'd love to see that too in the, in the future. Yeah, in the crystal ball, definitely. What else? Anything else? I think that's it for me. I mean, you know, other than, you know, again interviewing Reese, selling to Spotify, whatever, yeah, whatever, sure. whatever oh, yes, enormous, yes, yes, wildest dreams yes. you want to put in the crystal ball. But yes. For the podcast, you're right. It's part of its content and yeah. part of it is the dreams that we have for the actual podcast itself. Don't you just think, come on, this podcast being part of the Reese Witherspoon yes. empire, it just makes so it much is, sense. It fits perfectly, Reese. It, it yeah, does. It makes so you much just sense. fold us right in. We're doing exactly what she does, you know, highlighting women, stories about women, written by women, and such a a wide variety of genre of of women in their careers. And the whole thing is, it's it's very similar. So it's like Stacey Rukeyser said, we're soldiers in the same army, Reese. That's right. I loved when (sighs) Stacey said that. Yes. We're like, you get us. Okay. So our final segment is always takeaways. Yeah. And I feel like 
we might have a similar one. I mean, of course, I go back to Sally Rooney. I mean, if, what, where it all began. And mm-hmm. she said in Beautiful World, Where Are You? That I never really know what to think until I talk to you. And oh my God. I, I'm not going to be able to keep it together. As I you just, know, like... <laughs> Right? We read that yes. line, and I thought, oh. that's exactly right. I, and I don't. Mm. I For all yeah. these episodes, that's just so true. I mean, I come into them, of course, with my own thoughts and feelings. But, but then we talk, and I just see it differently or in a whole new way. And mm-hmm. that continues even outside the episodes. And mm-hmm. I just, that's the magic of yeah. this. Um I it, never really know what to think until I talk to you. I, I just think I, that's perfect. I love that. I love it so much. And yeah, I mean, that that's my takeaway too, is how grateful I am for this endeavor that we're doing this. Of course, I have huge dreams for it. And I, I want so much for this podcast to get out there and next level. But the truth is, I'm just so grateful for our conversations and and everything we've been able to share and figure out and learn about each about each other, and then also about ourselves through each other. Because you know, there's no individuals. Correct. Yeah. Right. I, I also have to say that because we've known each other for so long, this recent step of our friendship has really surprised me. Mm. Why didn't this happen sooner? Why didn't this, we didn't come together? How was this hiding somewhere for all of those years? That's How right. is that possible? I don't and, know. And, you know, you challenged me, which was probably obvious to me from the very start. But that, but even more to me, you opened me up to new perspectives, courses of actions. Just everything about not only this podcast and the content, which is not, which is saying a lot, but also about our friendship. I just never saw any of it coming yeah. in the best way. Mm. And it's been so incredible. And another thing for damage, I feel like I was pretty aware of my damage before we started this podcast. I, I think that's pretty clear, even in some of our obsessions that have carried through, that I was pretty aware of them. I did not realize how much healing would happen through you and these conversations, how much real healing and ability to articulate and get really clear about and use it creatively and be inspired by it instead of just feeling like that's something bad about me or whatever. And also to see you and your growth. I mean, Kate, we joke about it all the time, but in the very beginning of this podcast, you couldn't deal with like we and I frankly I needed it at the beginning of the podcast I needed structure and we were so incredibly structured yeah and that was very important for me and it was also who you were yeah little miss sign over here Mm -hmm. and yeah and now we've come a little bit closer to the center of ourselves while still being ourselves we've come we've changed so much I mean your resilience and flexibility and adaptability is off the charts from Kate of two years ago. Okay, I was going to say off the charts compared to Kate from two years ago. Yeah, maybe not. Yes, that's right. But I mean, that kind of growth is really impressive. I don't know if that's common for you and people you know, but let me tell you. No, 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 no. And I love that you're still so yourself. You know, you'll call me and be like, Corinne, you're freaking me out right now. What are we doing? Why are we doing this? But you're calling me and yeah. you're open. I, I don't know how we've managed to change each other so much and still stay so fundamentally the same. 
That's but crazy. It's, a, it's an incredible joy to be a part of for myself and to watch in you. My husband has gone through a similar sort of transformation, but it did not take two years. Right, right. <laughs> it took a lot longer. Yeah, you know, and I'm so, on the fast track over here. No, no uh, of course. Well, because I have your healing power mirror, yeah. <laughs> seriously, reflecting the raw emotions it's reflecting the emotions back at me and then I have to look at them and and then yes there's a part of me that then has to do it as you're saying Mm -hmm. it's do the work but I'm I'm open to it and I want to but not there's just you don't see it if If you you don't don't see it it, and you can't it's hard to work on something you can't see who's gonna show you that how many people are gonna do that and you know this is really oh man this is really your best argument that we you haven't used yet as to why I'm wrong, that there's only <laughs> one, the one, Corinne, because mm-hmm. you should be saying, I also have you. If I have two, if I have more than one oh. mirror, <gasps> right? You should be using this yes. on me. Oh my God, I never thought right? of that. Right? Okay, because let me just, in case not everyone's having the light bulb. So I, we tend to debate this issue of the one and whether there's one, the one, and Corinne does not believe there's one, the one. And I'm like, no, 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 there is. Because my definition is the yeah. one is the person that makes you feel safest to explore all parts of yourself and to do the work that you then as the individual need to do to grow. And it's transformative. And there cannot be more than one person, in my view. And I, But I... The way I've left it, I know you know. I know we've had back and forth on this. Is truly like that's just not that's my experience. It's just been my you personal don't, right. and, experience. Right, because so we've always positioned it as kind of like, well, I can fall in love, you know, uh, with the right light on a Tuesday, right? Right. We've we have positioned it so far apart. But go ahead, you're right. You're, yeah. Oh so I'm just yeah. saying. I, I mean, so in my head, I was always like, I think it's amazing that you do feel as if you've had more mm-hmm. than one of these true loves. It's just not by my experience. So I'm not right. You're not right. I know you said the other day, maybe I was saying we're both right. It's not that we're yes. both right. It's just actually we just, I just, they're just two totally different experiences. I don't know that either one's right. But either right. way, the point I'm making now is you're actually proving right, to yeah. me <laughs> that there can be another but I'm I was dying. thinking of it as romantic relationships. Right. right. So now we also just need to get in. Is there true love? Because you mm. like that word, yeah. those words versus the one. Yes. There can be more than one oh true God. love if love. you expand it beyond romantic, romantic love. love. And you'd focus it on as transformation. Yes. Like the transformative the, love. And oh the mirror God. of one's yes. emotions and the feeling safe enough to see oh the God. things. If you take all of that and just remove the stupid romantic love of right. the argument, yeah. you can, you got it now. Now oh I got God. it. Now I'm I got dying. it. I'm dying. I'm on the oh floor. I'm on the now floor. Now I've got it. I oh, was on wow. the floor for a lot of that time dying. I cannot right? believe this. Oh, <gasps> see? Okay, oh, I'm not everyone's going to understand why this is so like light bulb for us, but we've been having yeah. so many conversations, conversations about this. I mean, some of it was on the Taylor Swift one, but a lot of yeah. it was offline that none of yes, you would have heard. Right. But that's but right. that's, yeah, okay, wow. see? Okay. All and right. I was so excited. I was like, I look, there's a, she's, I have more than one mirror. Who, yeah. How lucky am I? Yeah. Oh, see? Oh. Okay. Wow. Wow. There we okay. Go. Well, that's the perfect note to end this on. Yes. And 
to two years down and so many more to go. Yes, yes. It's very exciting. Congratulations Can't wait to, see to us. Congratulations <laughs> to us. Cheers. This has been Pop Fiction Women with Corinne and Kate. If you enjoyed this show, please tell the complicated women in your life. And the men who love them. Yes, tell them to listen. And then to follow on Spotify or review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And of course, share on social media. Tag us with your favorite books, TV shows, and movies starring complicated women on Facebook and Instagram at Pop Fiction Women or on Twitter at Pop underscore Women. For more coverage of the women you love or to find out if you qualify as a complicated woman, go to popfictionwomen.com. And keep it complicated.